When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. We got a lot to get into, including that old biblical, old testament style butt whipping that we all witnessed. The Georgia Bulldogs pulling it off back to back champs, and they did it in a uh, a very, very, very impressive fashion, leaving no doubt that they are the best team in the land. We'll get into that. We'll also talk about uh, the head coaching vacancies in the NFL. There's one close to home. The Texans are looking for a new head coach. We'll talk about the latest candidates. And And uh, they've also requested interviews with a couple of uh, those top candidates. We'll get into that coming up in a Texans Tuesday. The Cowboys, good news for the Cowboys coming off a disappointing weekend. They're getting back a lot of uh, crucial pieces uh, to their champion, hopefully a championship formula. We'll get into that coming up top of the 4 o'clock. Also, we've got some uh, Longhorn news, notes, and nuggets to get to. Congratulations are in order for my man Derek Johnson, a legendary lifetime Longhorn. We'll also get into the the Longhorns' uh, latest and the last. AP rankings, and we'll get into that too. Jalen Catalan also committing to the University of Texas via the transfer report. All of that and more. Before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 acres and chase his dream in the cheese. Pimping ain't easy, but for him, it's a breeze. Mike Hardball Harge, ladies and gentlemen. What's going on? Lord, Lord, Lord. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. you said it. Mm. Biblical yeah. style. Old Testament. We had to yeah. pray for yeah. them for mm-hmm. them horn frogs. Yeah. That we were talking about the horny toad Mm-mm. and the hypno toad. Yeah, they was on something. Yeah. And it so. wasn't on them W's. I promise <laughs> you that. Let me talk about my boy that sits across from me. He hails from H-Town with the get down. He's a lifetime longhorn and a proud card-carrying member of DBU. Legendary longhorn Derek Johnson. 
said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. Hey now. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments. But he is a fan of you, the listeners of the ARN family, mm. my man and yours, Rod Babies. I appreciate the intro as always. That's not a waste any time introducing the real MVP, one of the hardest working members of the ARN family. He's got a hustler spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid, but we know that he's underpaid. The idealionaire, Patrick Davis. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good. Good. I was hanging out with some SEC homers last night. Oh, boy. why'd you do that to yourself? Oh boy, that was. Uh, why'd you do that to they, yourself? They were. They, oh. were, they have pretty much agreed that no team other than the SEC should be allowed to ever play for a college football playoff <laughs> like ever um, again. Yeah, uh, you know what? After watching that, I, at least the Big, the Big Twelve shouldn't be able to play for it for at least a couple of years, guys. I you got to put them in timeout. Ooh, you got to put them in time. Yeah, out. let's not waste any time, guys. Let's just get into it because uh, I was wrong. I'll admit I thought TCU would keep it closer than that. Well, I meant, how about this? Everybody thought TCU we. would keep it closer than that. I ain't going to no, let no. you jump out out there no, by no. yourself. We all thought yeah, it no, was. No, no, Everybody no, yeah. thought. No, no. How about this? this? This stat, I think it sums it all up because this stat is crazy. So it is the the, the 65 to 7 margin. You So you're talking about 58 points. It is the largest margin in the largest victory margin in the history of bowl games not just bowl games period yeah in in college football history in the history of college football there's Think never been that. a bowl game <laughs> blowout more lopsided than this national title game yeah what? Not not a good look, so, man. So let's yeah. just admit, nobody saw that coming. We Somebody probably said, oh, man, they're definitely going to cover that number. They're going to blow out TCU. Blowout? Yeah, there are blowouts. I mean, lots of blowouts. Blowout by three touchdowns. Blowout by 30. Hell, blowout by 40. Blowout by <laughs> damn near 60. <laughs> Guys, we have it. Georgia covered the over-under. By themselves. By themselves. <laughs> yes. I had the over at 63. Yeah, and they did. They didn't need those seven they points. They didn't need from that. Wow. That little that little bit over there. Yeah. That's yeah. like pop, 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 pop. Brrrow, that's what they got over there. That didn't make no sense for what we saw last night. Yeah. So it just uh that was it was just domination by Georgia. So let's just start there. We can get into the TCU side a little bit later on. But, they, but before they, you jump all the way into it, just mm. remember when we were leaving the air yesterday, mm. the game had already started. And both teams had a false start when they first got the ball. The so we were talking about the jitters, right? Mm-hmm. I think some jitters were more bubble guts, and the other one was uh, anticipation. Yeah, <laughs> um, it, it it just it just, well, it, it, I just I think TCU. It seemed like they were just happy to be there. Um, they were. It seemed like they had already decided it was an achievement for TCU to even get to this game. Mm-hmm. Like they had a lot of time to kind of mull that over instead of the narrative for them being they were disrespected and they need to come out with you know playing with their hair on fire and with a you know kind of a, a an intensity to try to make sure that they had a fast start. They did not. They had a very slow, sluggish start. Yeah. Um, and even I will admit the the scheme. Just watching as a football theorist, uh, the scheme did not really give them a schematic advantage either, uh, guys. It just that that glaring disparity in talent that we talked about with Georgia being the second or the most talented team in the country, and then TCU only having four blue chips in their starters yep. their, on both sides of the ball in offense and defense. Uh, I think that's what really showed because. 
uh, Georgia dominated them in every phase, in in every way, other than maybe the first the first quarter. I guess you could say was close, and then that second quarter when Georgia outscored them twenty one zero. Right. That was it. Well, that was it. Game <clears throat> over. Another thing, when we were walking out the door, we saw the panel, uh, the 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 TV screen had turned at an angle to where we could see. Georgia's off- offensive line yeah. against TCU's I defense. Saw, I, I said, said, Rod, that. do you see the difference? It was huge. <laughs> it, was, it, it, was, it just made no sense. It, and I think yeah. that's exactly what TCU saw when they got up <laughs> on the first play of the game. And they were like, hold on, man. These dudes are way bigger. And not only were they way bigger, mm-hmm. the speed of the game looked like it was too much for TCU. Even Stetson Bennett. Looked like he was fast. He did. And I'm not disrespecting him and saying that he's not fast. He looked fast last night. No, you're right about that. And this, that's the thing about it, right? We knew Georgia was going to be more a, a physical team. We knew they could impose their will, lines of scrimmage. That's what they're going to win, no question. Uh, but TCU possibly, because they were one of the fastest teams in the country, maybe they'd have a speed advantage. They're built, they're built around perimeter speed. They're built around you know hybridism on, on the outside, in the defensive backfield, in the back seven. Um, they play that 3-3-5. Uh, they have the air raid offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you're, you're totally right, Harge. The, the speed advantage was Georgia, too. Yeah. They had the speed advantage and the power and, and physicality advantage. <laughs> they were playing with their hair on fire, and, and the way that you were watching it, I'm like, how did he just – he walked into the end zone yes, on dead. both of those touchdowns. He wasn't touched on both of his running touchdowns, and he looked like they were not closing the gap on him ever. No. Um, I, I totally agree with you. It's Georgia made the game unwatchable. I mean, that's – Very much so. That's the reality of it. Uh, by mid-second quarter, they made the national title game unwatchable. It's the best compliment I can give them. They made it <laughs> yeah, unwatchable right. where I think a lot of people like myself was like, all right, I'm, I'll come back to this. Yeah. I, I went and started cleaning out the DVR. Right. Let me get that out. Had a, we had a, we had, you know, you had the menu all planned yeah. for the big game yeah. and all this. Yep. It, it, it really destroyed our, our dinner plans and everything. We yep. didn't even get to all the, the good food we had. We had a three-course meal already. <laughs> we, none of that. We, we three-course meal. We didn't, we didn't even get a napkin out. We, we, get, we, got, to, we got to the salad and the appetizer <laughs> after that. I was like, oh, I think this thing's over. Yep. And then go back to watching some reality TV. They made the national title game unwatchable. Not, That's how much they beat them by. Well, yeah. I give credit to buddy I was watching a game with was like, look, I could tell you Georgia was going to win this because Georgia played the worst game of their season last week. Mm-hmm. And TCU played the best game of their season last week. Mm-hmm. And you don't normally have two of your best games in a row, and you normally don't have two of your worst games in a row. True that. And he was like, you knew that one of them was going to turn it around, and the other one was going to be happy that they were they were played the best game. He's like, And so we knew it was going to be – no one knew it was going to be that, but you knew it was going to – he was like, Georgia's going to come out because you don't play as bad as they played two weeks in a row. Yeah, uh, and I don't. I mean, they played bad and still found a way to win the game. They were down double digits what, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and yeah. found a way to pull that. Game I mean, they out. had a. Free, it was a field goal to lose the game. Yeah. that he just shanked. You're right. But yeah, it's and it's crazy to think that at the beginning of the season we were like, well, it's Georgia and everybody else. You kind of just sat there and went, it looks like Georgia and everybody else after the national championship last year. You went there; they're on a different level. And then throughout the year, you saw a few vulnerabilities. The defense started to let a little bit more up. We all said, all right, maybe, maybe there's a, maybe there's a. We can get through, and maybe someone can beat him. And then last night you went, nope, it's Georgia and everybody else. Wow, and he lost 15 players to the league last year. 15. 
15 <laughs> players to the league. The they, drafted, they, they, pull, they got to do a, a nice curtain call, pull all the players <laughs> out. I've standing never seen that in my life. Guys went away, they were eating food from the They're stands. They're eating food on the sideline. They put in the backups, and the backups couldn't get stopped. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Someone says it wasn't unwatchable if you're a Georgia fan. Agree. I agree. I'm just 100%. saying. Like, if you were just a college football fan watching like most of us, it became unwatchable because it was just Georgia domination. And you was like, I get it. I get the idea. That's yeah. That was, it really I mean it it showed you and I mean, full stop, Georgia football is king now. That's it. If you, you want to see the stand even even Nick Saban had to had to had he to couldn't honor say it. nothing. Couldn't he couldn't say, say nothing. anything. Yeah, he he's like, yeah, they got us too. <laughs> I mean, they got it, but not like that. Wait, what? And right. not like that. Right, not like that. Back to backs. Yeah. Um. So, I, if you're looking at it from a Longhorn standpoint, that's what you're, that's what you're chasing. That's what you, that's what you got to get to. Here, How far away is Texas football from that? Here, here's another thing. That's Rob. the question you got to ask. We we left here yesterday, walking out this door, trying to figure out how could TCU get it. What are they going to be able to do? I think they're going to be able to move the ball. They're going to have these opportunity. He, you said it. He's unorthodox. He doesn't ever find a rhythm. It's, no it's not going to be. It's just big plays. Big plays. And early and on, they, they got that one. They got it. I was like, they got they one. That's they want. That they want. That was the only one. And we actually saw Quentin Johnston's one catch before we walked out of these doors. That's crazy. And we he never caught another pass. He caught a one yard. Stop! Not even a stop. A screen. Yeah. For three yards, and then he never caught another pass. And then we talked about turnover margin. And it, boy, yes. TCU just kept giving the ball up. Those two yep. picks by Duggan were huge. Fumble early in the game. They were early. Like you can't that fumble early when you're like, hey man, mm. look, you're not you're not really able to stop them, so you really got to make every. Oh, you dropped the ball. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> got a fumble. You was on the sideline. You got a strip. You had you had some momentum. The ball was on the inside happen. hand, not the outside well, exactly. hand. Exactly, just, just the like, fundamental stuff. Yeah, just yeah. the fundamental stuff. But one of the things too, and what did I say before we left yesterday? Watch the tight ends. Yeah. Watch the tight ends. They went right after their tight ends. Oh, Bowers. Up. I mean, he had 152 yards receiving, and he caught every one of the passes that he was targeted. The the. TCU team had 188 total yards of offense. They he had as many <laughs> receiving yards as they had passing yards. I think they had 152 passing yards. Correct, so correct. Crazy. It just doesn't make it's, any sense to me. It's just dom. Well, it's just domination. It just shows you that their talent level. I mean, they know Brock Bowers is going to be a a featured target exactly. in the passing game. They knew that. We all knew that. He's one of their best tight ends. And they do have that multiple tight end package. I mean, they basically have two to three NFL tight ends on the roster right now. Yeah. Oh, for um, sure. And they do they they're they they're able to and I I love the ability they have to shift because they'll come out and present you with a power package and you know what I always see you present power personnel packages and then you kind of shift and you pivot to a pass principle or a passing formation. They did that a few times last night and it was man it was devastating to uh to TCU. They had nine plays where they basically did that kind of a power a shift from the power to a spread look. And sometimes they ran it, sometimes they threw mm-hmm. it. When they ran it after that shift, they averaged eight and a half yards per play. Uh, when they threw it, it was fifteen yards per play. So overall, thirteen yards per play. And they would just show a power look, right? And then TCU would adjust to the power look. They shift or have motion to a spread, more of a spread look, and then oh man, they, TCU had no answer for it. And the other part that that, Big that really stood out to me was Stetson Bennett and his and his his ball fakes. 
the way he yeah. was carrying out the fakes. I mean, yeah. it was so frustrating to me because I'm sitting there looking at it and I'm saying, how does the University of Texas, and I know that Georgia is the standard now, we just talked about it, but I'm always trying to bring it back home. What are we missing? What 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 is it about Georgia and what they were able to do? Obviously, big humans, the game plan, what they were able to do, the recruiting that they've done over the years. I get that. I get mm. that. But they were able to expose, regardless of the talent, different areas of the 3-3-5 mm-hmm. that had a bunch of confusion. Yeah, They were very confused yesterday. Even Hodges Tomlinson, he looked like he didn't know what was going on half the time because the game was just so fast. Oh, they were using – Busted coverage. Right, yeah. busted coverages. Well, and, and, so, and, and Something they did, because it's a good point, like basically one thing they used a lot of was tempo. My point. Yeah, they would go we up tempo. We have those people. They would go up tempo. They wouldn't allow TCU even to get set a lot of times. They'd go up tempo, already have it ready to go, and then they'd get them basically on their heels. So that's that's my question moving forward for this team, for the University of Texas. What did Sark look at last night and say, I can feature that part of it? Because obviously Stetson Bennett was different because he had all day long to throw the football. Even when they were they were coming un, untouched, mm-hmm. he was making a miss with the the Tony Romo spin around, roll out to the left and throw a dime. Making plays. He was just making plays. And it's just looking – it just frustrates you when you know that the talent that one of your teams, whoever your team may be, you sit there and you say, how are they this creative? Like they're very, they were very creative. They were, and they the the manipulation of the eyes and how he had them running from sideline to sideline and trying to catch up. It was impressive to watch. Uh, regardless if you were, huh, unless you were a TCU fan, unless it wasn't. Fan. It wasn't impressive to watch. It was more disappointing for you. But well, you still have to give credit where credit is due. No doubt. No, that, there's a, there's, that's a good point. There's a lot to break down, a lot of layers to what you just brought up, the point you just brought up. Why does it seem so easy for Georgia? I think the number one thing is, right, Georgia can control the line of scrimmage. Very much so. Both sides Both of the ball. Sides. When you can control the line of scrimmage, man, you can do what the hell you want to do. Yeah. You can do whatever the hell you want to do out there. You really can. Yeah. They, it's they, a be- he didn't have Anybody in his you face. can do whatever you want to do. Now, it's not all. It's not going to be the case every no. game. You're going to have bad games, whatever. But you go look at Texas. Now, I was looking at a stat about rushing success rate, um, and Texas basically had the second best rushing success rate in the Big Twelve, I believe, right behind TCU. Um, but they had the highest rushing success rate in the conference in uh, yards after contact success rate, and they had the a lowest rushing success rate in yards before contact because it was more of the backs right. making plays mm-hmm. after contact than it was the offensive line opening up holes for the running backs. Yeah, good point. And we saw that mm-hmm. in the Alamo Bowl. We did because they couldn't do that. Saw it in the Alamo Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Are you missing Bijan and Rojo? And what happened? Yeah. Uh, no, no. Washington's a good front. They're they're really good uh, defensive front, and so I'm not taking anything away from them. 
But that's, I think, where Texas has to start. You, they're bringing in a, a lot more a lot of more high-end personnel on the offensive line, NFL-caliber guys. I think they're doing a really good job prioritizing that. But on top of that, then you have to stack those classes, which they're trying to do, right, two back-to-back classes that are really you know, bringing in, <clears throat> infusing the lines of scrimmage with high-quality talent. That's what Georgia did. But Georgia's, you go look at Georgia's offensive, I'm oh, sorry, just their Overall recruiting rankings. I mean, they've been what one, two, yeah, three they've been, yeah. in, in the last five years. I mean, that's basically their recruiting rankings in the last five years. They've been three. They were three this past season. Four in twenty twenty one. I guess that's a fall. That's a drop off. One in twenty twenty two in twenty nineteen and twenty eighteen. They were number one. So you got to stack four five classes like yeah, that. You do. Mac Brown showed you that too. Even yep, here in Texas, yep. right? You stack four five of them like that with no drop off and also no regime change where you have oh man we have we you know we have to hire and fire a new coach so you know he's got to have uh you know that the recruiting class is going to suffer as a result yeah right he's got the class that he's got to salvage the the class that when he comes first comes in and then he's got to rebuild it again if you can avoid that keep the same guy in and also developing that talent the way Kirby Smart's done since what 2016 since he's got there yep that's your first shot like, that's it. Sark's doing that, but you're talking about three, four years of this, and the only way to stay at Texas and to continue that model is to win games. You have to. As you do it. You, that's that's one the thing purpose. Mac was, yeah. Now, Mac won games, but Mac was, Mac was always in kind of a, I don't know, he, he was on the hot seat a little bit because he couldn't beat Oklahoma consistently enough early right, in his team. Right, right. But he was winning nine, ten games, 11 games when I was on campus my last two years. So that kept at least Mac around long enough to stack those classes yep. and stack them to the point where by the time I left in 02, we only had one, maybe two games a year where we played competition in the games that were on the same caliber, uh, of the same caliber, and of the same ilk of, of the players that we practiced against every day. Right. And football is a sport where you practice more than you play. You want to get good, you got to become a great practice player. Well, you talked about a sharpening iron, sharpening iron. Yeah, You're so going I was practicing against, against NFL day. players yeah. every day, and I was an NFL player, and I, we just, it was just NFL players all over the place. Right. That's Georgia. Georgia plays <laughs> when Georgia ever. when Georgia plays Bama and when Georgia plays Ohio State and when they play maybe Clemson, those are the only times they're gonna play talent that's on the same level as theirs or rosters that have as much talent as theirs. Texas was like that in their prime. Right. From like oh two to oh eight, oh nine. The two thousands, that those ten years, yeah. that decade right that's, there was that's when the, it really and, started and to key. jump off. But yeah. the only way you can do that is you've got to have a coach that's around long enough to stack those classes. And the only way you can stack those classes is by winning, because if you start losing, Texas at Texas you're gone. For sure. You're not gonna have the consistency. For sure. So that's the thing. No, and I, I and I, I'm with you on that, but there's still so much, especially because we look at this this team and we see the talent. I'm not even going to talk about the Georgias. I'm talking about the Big 12. Okay. There was a lot of opportunity in this conference. Oh, no, that's that true. Texas, that's... They missed the, they oh. missed the boat. They no, missed the boat on no that argument one. Here. And that's that's the part that frustrates me because there's been multiple years when you look at it and you can say, "Oh, this team is going to be down. This team is going to be down." This is a prime opportunity because of Yes, it's taking some time to build those recruiting classes, and you got to get that rhythm on the team where everybody's got the buy-in. I get that, and I know you got to run some guys off and mm-hmm. try to get the people that you need. But to your point, 
win during that time. You have to. You have to do that. And if not, then we're still going to have these conversations. You're still going to have the fans that, oh, they want to be. But you said it. Quit accepting mediocrity when we're getting a chance to watch people go and do things that you should be participating in. That's the thing that frustrates me is like, we're not even in a conversation anymore. We got the AP top 25 that came out, and Texas mm-hmm. was still ranked in the top 25, and I, I, I had to defend that from some of my boys, and they're like, how are they still in there? I was like, they went 8-4 well, and four yeah, and in the regular the, and season. And think the teams that they lost they to. Lost, yeah. they, you know what I mean? They yeah. lost to quality teams. They lost to TCU in the national title game. Lost yeah. to Bama. Bama's ranked what in the top five, five or whatever. Yeah, yeah. In the So – the teams they lost to were quality teams. They didn't lose Except to for Oklahoma State. And then you look at yeah, uh, you look uh, at Texas Tech. Texas Oklahoma, Tech had a winning Te- season, Texas so Tech, I'm gonna give them yeah, some Oklahoma spot. State and Texas Tech are probably the ones yeah. that are probably the losses that uh, are that's on Sark. Yeah. I mean, I, I was you know all the losses and are even him, Washington and even Washington. I know they Washington, were a ten win team. I know that, but we, in honesty, they lost by seven, but they didn't look sharp at all in that game. I I I I thought the passing game. Looked good. I thought the running game and the lack of creativity and lack of imagination on Sark's part, sorry, Coach Stevens' Steven, part, that's right. uh, for the running game. I thought that ultimately was what lost them the game. They yep. they they were lopsided. They didn't give. They were flipped. Uh, yeah, it was just yep. you know it was unbalanced. Uh, yep. They needed more balance <laughs> yeah. in their attack, and I think they didn't they didn't help out. Quinn Ewers played winning yep. football. Yep. I think, and I think the defense. If you ask me, just. You know, to tell you that how many points did they scored? 27? 27. That's 27? what they gave up, 27. You told me that they were going to hold the best passing offense in the country to 27 points. I probably would have said that was a dub, too. Yeah. So, I I think that I'm with you. I think those are three losses that yeah. you can say, Coach, Coach Steven, you know what I mean? We need you to fix that. Yeah. We need you to figure it out. Fast. Because you could have been a double-digit win team. Exactly. And then and you'd that, have been in the Big 12 title game. And then you would have been in the Big 12 title game, and then the narrative would have been something else. Yeah. Because now we're looking afar and trying to figure out why is it that we're not eating at that same table. We're at the kid table. We're at the kid table at Thanksgiving. Everybody's <laughs> not at the big table having fun. You're over there. You're sitting there. Just like he's, like, like um, Del Conte said, when they have those big meetings with all the coaches and they have the champions in there, uh, you're over there. I'm glad you won eight, but it would have been beautiful if you won ten. And that would have been something else to look at, man. At least nine. At least nine. Because I think even I nine. I thought I had a nine on nine me. Nine gets you in the Big 12 title game, I believe, potentially. Nine nine would have had. I mean, that's a, that would have been, That yep. Tech loss at Oklahoma State lost. One of those losses is what basically what guys kept you, you out of the yeah. Big 12 title game. Yeah. So you just had. You, know, <sighs> you basically, remember you were on the verge of. You yeah. needed, I think you needed Kansas to upset you needed some up, you K-State had, you needed uh, some by things. the end of the season. But if you wouldn't have had that one extra loss in the Big 12 had a better shot of getting yep. in the Big 12 title game. So, yeah, uh, I think all I think every program in the country, that's part of processing the national title game. If your team's not playing in it, you're thinking, how far away are we yep, from that? that, that that's what everybody was doing and last night. That's they, what every single team, yeah. especially if you're going to be the TCU version of that. Yeah. Because you're like, hold up, man. How, how, yes, how You couldn't be TCU because you only gave the ball to Bijan, what was it, four, is it 12, 12 times? times. Is it 12 times? 12 times. Like that? Yeah, just play calling and now. No, and what'd you say? Coach Steven. And no passes. That was Coach Steven. And you didn't even you didn't even try to get him passes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and yep. yeah. So that's something you gotta you gotta live with too. And 
Uh, you know, because TCU is close to home, you got to deal with the fact that you know that was a Big Twelve foe, a uh, Big Twelve rival yep. that represented uh, the Big Twelve in the national title game. So, how far are you from that? Um, yeah, you beat K State. You did. Which ended you did. up beating TCU. Yep. Um, so, in technicalities, we should have been playing in the game. <laughs> <laughs> I will say though, Will Howard. Oh uh, you know, uh, yeah! If you Howard was starting that game, I think Texas would have lost that game. Still a firm too. believer. Yeah, so, uh, Texas. You know, they're, they're far away, but I do think they're on the right path. No doubt. You just got to stack four, five more classes like you have, and in the process of stacking four, five more classes, Get some keep your damn job. Right. Keep them dubs coming. If you keep your job yeah. and keep stacking classes, you'll you'll break through at Texas. You will. So you you're saying stacking, there's a chance. You keep stacking top five classes and have no interruption where there's a brand new coach and then he has a you know, he's gotta have a salvage another class and build another culture. If you can just stay long enough where you can you can stack top five classes in five, six years in a row, the I think Bucky always says this, the talent will outweigh the coaching. So even if you're not a great coach, you'll just stack so much damn talent there, it won't even matter. Right. You you'll bit to compete for championships. But if you just win, you know, seven if you if you if next year he doesn't win more than eight games, then people will start to question him. And you can't now regress and go backwards. You won eight, now you gotta win nine. For or sure. at least ten. Ten or go to a big twelve title. If you start, That's to, what, you start next to, season. If, if there's a regression there, Longhorn fans are not gonna accept the regression. And I think I think no. in reality They like a linear yeah, path of no a coach. Doubt. No doubt. <laughs> Keep getting better. And that's what Mac did. Max, right. even if say what you want to say, he won eleven games my last two years. I think dropped off to ten. There wasn't much drop off. He's like, oh, 10. You, you want to fire a coach after that ten win team? And it go depends right on what's going on with the rest of the league too, with the yeah. double digit ten wins. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, but it hurt Matt because Oklahoma was balling. Well, that's, Bob Stoops was killing yeah. it, going to, going to championships and just beating you high, every and time, just beating yeah, you, yeah. beating you like you stole something. <laughs> yeah. That hurt Mac a little bit, yeah. but Mac was able to right the ship, keep recruiting at a really high level, make friends with all the boosters and donors, so they. Love them. That's really a big thing. Yep, right? yep, Make sure yep, you do that. Yep. Make sure and your networking is right. Kept his damn. And now this, these days it's tougher because they fire coaches quicker. Yep. But that's that's really the key. But you got to win while you do it. Yep, no doubt about it. You, you no don't get excuses. It. You say, have no, no, to win. I'm bringing in more talent. No, no, no. Sorry, you, you don't get more excuses. Yep. That's over. Because now you that's got it. the talent. <laughs> what are we missing? Dubs. Dubs, baby. That's, that's all Logan fans want. You that's want it. eight? Everybody's like, great, eight. Now go get nine or ten. Yes, exactly. And then next right. year, all right, you want nine or ten? Nine, eleven, or twelve. That's Texas. I think everybody will want be, that. Go to another job. That's the reality. Of I it. think everybody <laughs> will be excited for the fact if you can get to the championship game, Big Twelve championship game next year. We all know. We yep. all know what the standard is there now is. For, for next year. Yep. It's nine wins and or a Big Twelve title. Yep. If if he doesn't get to either one of those, uh, we already know pitchforks are coming out. That's just the reality of it. That's just. And I, I'm not. I'm not trying to just spout. No, you know, no, I mean, hyperbole. No, I'm just saying no, that's. We we know that's the truth. We yeah. all know that's the case because that would mean you lost some games you shouldn't have lost. No doubt. At least two or three uh, in oh. conference, and you're trying to go to the SEC. That's where the big dogs are. No pun intended. No, for you, real. Like you said, this is the kids' table. This is you sitting at the kids' table you right have, now. You got to sit with, go hang out with the adults at the adult table. Yeah, have and, them deep conversations. And about, you took one of the adults to the to the. To the brink. You did. You took one of them to the brink. That's good with a backup. Yes, with That's a backup. Good. You did good. But, but now it's time people are like, wait a minute, man. Well, now you got to go to their house. <laughs> and Nick Saban's upset. He's, and, he's upset. And he's upset at David he's, Pollock, too. Yes, he's exactly. Oh, no. <laughs> Pollock, Pollock just poked the back. Exactly. He's like, what? Hold up. I'm what? 
Oh, I'm just no. I'm a scrub now. Yeah, I'm just a jabroni now. Yeah, that's okay. what he tried to put. And me you know at. he don't like his former coaches beating him and being better. Come than, on, dog. Oh, so Nick he Saban. He got to sit up there. Yeah, I was waiting for him to yell Aflac. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. for and Sark, a former coach, <laughs> exactly, has got to go in Ooh. to Tuscaloosa Mm-mm-mm. next season. That's gonna be fun. Mm-mm-mm. But that's that's a taste. Yeah. Of what you gonna have, to have damn near every week. No doubt. So you need to conquer the Big 12 before you go to the SEC. Exactly. Let's conquer the Big 12. Come on. All right. You got another shot at it. Make sure you're the big dog at the kids' table. That's hard <laughs> exactly. to say. Exactly. Before you move on. All right. Uh, we'll come back. Uh, we're getting to Texans Tuesday. Texans requests an interview with Ben Johnson. You don't even know who the hell that is. I'll tell you who it is when we come back. Right here on Ball Don't Lie on 1049 The In the West Texas town of El Paso I fell in love with a Mexican girl Nighttime would find me in Rose's Cantina Music would play and Felina would whirl Alright, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn It is a Top of the Charts Tuesday right here on Ball Don't Lie um, We play jams, I reached the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history I'm not familiar with the artist, but I do know the song. I mean, yeah, I know it's, of it's song. Marty Robbins. There you go. This was number one in in 1960. Oh, I can believe it. Yeah, I bet it was like controversial, like back then too. Well, what's funny is so I've heard this song plenty, but I've never listened to like all the way through. Yeah, and then I listened to it all the way through. It's just a terrible story. Like, <laughs> yes, he basically exactly. goes to a like a, a cantina, sees this girl, and then she's like, "Ah, oh, she don't like me." And then a guy walks in and is like. He's hitting on her, and he's like, hey, you can't hit on that girl. And uh, then he shoots him <laughs> what? and has to leave because he's like, oh, I just killed a guy. Uh, and then he's like, you know, I really love that girl who didn't like me. So he goes what? back knowing that they're going to kill him when he goes back. And then he, like, gets he's, – he's going back to the cantina, and they kill him. And then he's on the ground, and she comes out, and he's like, and then she held me as I died. I'm like, that's the song? <laughs> so yeah. he got his moment with the chick, then? He did, yeah, for <laughs> but I don't think this girl ever did it. She kissed him on the cheek. That's what he got for So death. basically, he was a basic borderline stalker, is what we're yeah, talking about Yeah, it was that here. creepy thing of yeah. you, you saw the girl at the bar, and you're like, I love her. Dude. I love that's her. That's not love, dude. Yeah. Like you need to reconsider. I, <laughs> I knew it was a considered uh, like a controversial song back then, but I guess I didn't know why. You just explained why. Yeah, yeah there you go. Weird. I was like, for its time, like making the six is like what? Uh, there you go. Boom. Yeah. Interesting. I like that. There you go. My man Patrick with the breakdown <laughs> on the top of the charts too. That's why I like it, man. That's Ball, what he do. Ball don't lie. Just, just breaking it down from every angle. That's I love right. that, man. I learned something new uh, all the time on top of the charts Tuesday. Uh, all right, let's get to a Texans Tuesday because I uh, brought you by good friends at Bud Light. So shout out to to uh, my good friends at Bud Light and uh, enjoyed a couple of Bud Lights last night and uh, actually was I planned on you know, <laughs> enjoy, really enjoying, enjoying the Bud Light while I was watching the national title <laughs> game but actually I was I'm not gonna lie I was watching reality TV while I was wa- enjoying my Bud Lights because the game was over with too not early. mad at you when up time I got home and got settled in yep the game was over already. We talked about how the game started while the, we were on air already mm-hmm. uh, we watched a little bit of it by the time I got home and got settled in game was done. It's yeah, already it was a little over. bit different, bro. I didn't even get a chance to enjoy it. Anyway, but I digress. Still, enjoy the Bud Light, though. But talk about the Texans real quick. Texans did request an interview with Lions OC Ben Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, he's 36 years old. And he's young. Okay, can I tell you what I like about Ben Johnson? Uh, aside from, you know, he's just got a really 
you know, generic name, Ben Johnson. I, <laughs> it's hard to find information on Ben Johnson because a lot of Ben Johnsons out there, like a lot of Patrick Davises out there. That's why those names. We got a Ben Johnson that used to play baseball at the University <laughs> of Texas. One of my <laughs> yeah. homies. No, there's a, there's a ton of, trust me, there's lots of Ben Johnsons. I was doing some research. Oh, I found a little cool fact about it. Oh, that's not the right Ben Johnson. No. So, he was born in 1742. Oh, you know what the best part is? That so means the, ben Johnson. the Texans are going to hire the wrong Ben Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> they are that inept and dysfunctional. They are. I love that joke though that Dan Campbell had when he first got the job because remember Matt Campbell was the yeah, yeah, one of the top right. days when I was saying and when he got the job he was like honestly I think they hired the wrong Campbell <laughs> <laughs> I think they made a mistake but it's like, I'll take the job yep. uh, yeah we're to gonna you. see a Ben Johnson introductory <laughs> press conference where he's talking about how he did good in high school and you're like what high school and he's like yeah man I played some ball back in the day or, the, would, or he's I, gonna be the track star that comes out Ben Johnson <laughs> that talking about how he won the Olympics uh, you know, yeah he's like oh, I went to church with Jackie to be. Yeah. I'm not Ben Johnson, whatever. <laughs> uh, but Ben Johnson, he was a walk-on quarterback with North Carolina. This is what I love about his resume, though. He he was he first was hired as a quality control coach uh, initially, like back in the day with like Joe Philbin. Joe yep. Philbin yep. He, with the Miami Dolphins, like as an offensive assistant in 2012. He uh, was then retained by Dan Campbell, who became like the interim coach and promoted to tight ends coach when Dan Campbell was the interim coach after they fired Joe Philbin. Then they hired Adam Gase. Adam Gase interviewed him and retained him and liked him that much and reassigned him um, to, I think, assistant wide receivers coach and then promoted to wide receivers coach. So you're talking about three different coaches who decided, no, I like this dude. This dude, no, he's pretty sharp. I like that. And then it happened again. Uh, then it actually happened again. When he went to the Lions, he was hired by Matt Patricia right. as an offensive quality control guy, then promoted to tight ends coach by Matt Patricia. Um, and then when they hired Dan Campbell, he retained him and promoted him to OC. Um, so it, it, it's something about you know his football IQ, football acumen. When coaches sit him, sit him down and interview him uh, and talk to him about ball, they love what he brings to the table and his contributions. That's what I like about his resume. So Did far. you hear? And what, the Lions are a top five offense, by the way. Do you know what name you didn't bring up? Who that? Kellen Moore. Have you noticed how that name has changed a little bit? Have you noticed how his name was not one that you were wow. mentioned for an interview? Been, how long you been waiting on I that mean, one? As soon as you said Ben Johnson, and I went and did my research on him, I'm like, hold up. I'm kind of curious to what's going on, what he was able to do with that Detroit Lions offense this past year. You look at Amara St. Brown, how good he was. You look at how efficient uh, Jared Goff has been able to play. Yep. And then you look at what? Jamal Williams and uh, what's his name Swift yeah DeAndre Swift the way that they've been able to play Uh, it looks like he's got a great idea but you know who didn't get a call? Because Dan Quinn's name is back out there. It They're is. They're trying to look at it. Hey, they, some love. K- Kellen, will get, Kellen will get some interviews. He'll get some because they got to feel like five interviews. He'll, he'll get some. <laughs> he was not on the initial list. No. He is not. Because he, he admit, used to be. He's not, get, he's not getting a lot of love. Cowboys are still a top five offense, but he's not getting a lot of love. They, yeah, for some reason, they don't really pass the well, eye test. But that's right the now. thing is if you make Jared Goff look like a top quarterback, and then you make Dak Prescott look like a bottom quarterback, then that's people are going to be like, well, I want the guy who makes the quarterback look better, not the guy who's 
calling plays for a guy but, throwing pick sixes. But isn't that crazy? Because Jared Goff was a number one overall pick, and that that, that was a fourth round pick. And we're like, whoa! And he was thrown to the side. He was thrown to the side. Like Sean Vegas is out of love for reinvigorating, right? Yes. Rejuvenating his career. Exactly. And this guy Ben Johnson's getting the same love. And it's like, whoa! He actually was a Super Bowl quarterback, a yeah, number one overall pick. Was. But Dak Prescott, nobody he doesn't get love for making him one it. of the upper echelon quarterbacks. It's strange. The, 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 yeah, the narratives are weird. Yeah, they are. They're weird. Uh, but I like the, I like I like the the name Ben Johnson. I'm not sure if he's going to be the guy for the Texans. Honestly, it, it's he is 36 years old. I would be I would wonder who he, who would bring in as his defensive coordinator, and then Nick Casario's input when you bring in a brand new coach like that. I think Nick Casario wants a a guy who's never been a coach. Um, and a younger uh, guy like Ben Johnson, because I think he can assert more control potentially over the roster. Yeah. I would like there to be a more of a checks and balances with Nick Casario and some of his personnel decisions. He still can have, you know, obviously o- the overall say and the last say, but I'd like them to bring in more people. And I, w- I, I've, I think I heard or at least I read that um, – McNair is going to have more of a say in the hiring process of the new coach. Ooh, I, oh, great. I think yeah, you need to go get a, a hiring trust. firm. I think that's yeah, what they need go, to do. Didn't they, did that, didn't they do that for Cully? Didn't they put together some type of that panel? Was, to hire, oh yeah, they did. This? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For Cully, that was like a panel they put together for the Cully. Yeah, hire. that was like what they got Tony Dungy or somebody yeah. or Herm Edwards. They so, got one of those guys, some kangaroo and, court of sorts. Yeah, yeah, they asked all these people and then hired a guy that none of them said. Yes, because I'm pretty yes. sure that was the deal. They put it together. Yes. They recommended somebody. Yes, and they hired David Cully. Exactly. I think it's exactly how it went down. So here, yeah. here. Speaking of Tony Dungy, he this came out on January the eighth. What are the Texans doing? What kind of operation is this where you don't have any conviction of about supporting the coaches you hire? Who is going who who is going to want to go and coach there? This conversation we had yesterday talking about I'll be nervous to go and, and coach for the Texans if they're only going to give me one year to be able to do so. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Back back to back dudes that have done exactly what you wanted them to do, to be honest. David Culley came in. He's a guy that's been around the league for a very, very long time. Tony uh, Lovey Smith, another guy who mm-hmm. has been around the league for a very long time, and you both give them one-and-done contracts. It just – it doesn't it, – the optics are bad when you th- start thinking about it. And I go oh, back to what y'all terrible. said about Casario. Terrible. I mean, why would he even think he should be – again – why does he think he need to be at the table to hire somebody out? Because you're 0 for 2. I, I, I think they shouldn't have fired Cullies. It all comes back to exactly. them doubling down on a yeah. terrible mistake, right? They're just basically throwing, was it good money after bad is the slogan? Basically what they're doing because they shouldn't have fired Cully. They just kept Cully around. Then them firing Cully now would be perf- perfectly acceptable. Yep. But them firing Cully, then hiring Lovey, and then firing Lovey after one year, and still in the midst of the rebuilding process, I'm with you. Not only optics, Harge, but it just shows you organizational dysfunction overall. Um, I did some deep diving, so we'll get deeper into this. We, we'll talk about NFL coaching vacancies uh, just overall in the top of the 4 o'clock when we talk about the Cowboys a little bit and the Texans coaching search. Uh, but Cal McNair says he's going to be now more involved in the hiring process of the new coach. I just like because I think they should have more checks and balances. The, the problem with the, the the Texans has been oftentimes 
they they allow for a kind of a vacuum and a a power void to exist within the organization because Cal doesn't want to be involved in some no. decision making. And then just like kind of, you know, any organization, you know, there are different people who are trying to acquire more power and more influence. And that happened with Jackie used to be. Right. He saw that vacuum and that void. and He decided, hey, man, I might be the guy to feel it. And he did. And it really screwed up the organization. They allowed to have with Bill O'Brien. They just gave him more and more responsibility when he didn't de- he didn't deserve it. All right. And it made him a go from being a, a above average head coach to being a terrible head coach because he was the GM, the head coach, the play caller, the capologist. He had like four or five different jobs because nobody wanted to do them with the organization. They kept giving them to the only football guy. They need to have better checks and balances within the organization. And therefore, they wouldn't have these organizational meltdowns and collapses um, that end up festering and leading to them making over and over bad decisions year mm-hmm. after year. So I think I like the Calvin Harris getting more involved. Uh, some people say he's you know he he has no expertise and acumen in these matters, so he's just going to screw it up. That may very well be the case, but you know you can get smarter. You can go make you can make informed decisions by getting consultations from people. You can get. People to you know help you give you advice about things. You can form a panel of football experts and yeah, give him so advice that was, about it. That was the group: was Tony Dungy, yeah. Jimmy Johnson, R.C. Buford from the Spurs, Andre Johnson. We're all part of the panel to hire the the coach after Bill O'Brien. There you go. So exactly, do that. Do that again and have them advise you on these matters. But they do. They 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 have too many times. It's one guy making the decisions. And they just trust that one person. No, no, it's a football organization. Yeah. Right? Let's get an people. organizational yeah. and, and vote. Hire just smart people yeah. at every level, and then they can advise you on these matters. You can make better informed decisions. Nick Casario, I think Nick Casario is a good GM. Go look at his drafts that he's had so far. Those guys are you know being productive for you already and playing at really high levels. So he's got a good eye for talent. There's something about his management mm. skills, though. Management skills, hiring skills. Yep. Maybe that leads a lot to desire. So maybe he shouldn't be doing it. You know. On his own. No, there needs to be a group effort. Exactly. Holding hands. It needs to be. Kumbaya. Uh, who is the assistant GM? They need that. I mean, who, that person, if that doesn't exist, they need to have that person or hire someone else who is more, I don't know, that that is more informed and more educated about that position to help Nick Casario. I like Nick Casario in that job, but he does need some help. It does he ever. Someone said Jim Crane should buy the Texans. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that, but it's obvious ownership. That's where it starts. That's why Patrick is no longer a Texans fan. Yep, that is why true. He decided to renounce his fandom. He said because of ownership. Ownership was the main reason. It wasn't Bill O'Brien. It wasn't DeAndre Hopkins. It, it wasn't the Deshaun Watson issue. It was ownership. Yeah, it was that getting mad at several decisions and then re- realizing all roads lead to, to ownership. Yeah. You're like, oh, there's no, there's no accountability here. There's nothing. Everyone's just kind of doing whatever they want to do. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, when they don't win because everyone's doing what they want to do and not doing the right things and not working together, he just goes, all right, we'll just fire and move on to the next year. Like, that's not how this works. No, yeah. You not. can't keep doing that. I know yeah. you have the money to do it, but you, it's not how you win. Yeah. Allowing rogue forces to you know manipulate and influence uh, the organization within the organization, all that kind of stuff. That's crazy, man. Crazy. Yeah. So uh, that's where they got to start. I'm glad that Camignard wants to be a more involved owner, and he's he's you know he wants to be better and help hire the next coach. Hopefully, is going to be uh, the right coach for the Texans. All right, we'll yeah. come back. We'll talk more about that coming up in the top of the four o'clock. Uh, let's get to the flex on the other side, right here on Ball Don't Lie, one four nine horn.
All right, welcome back to Bar Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Top of the charts Tuesday. We play jams that reach the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. Uh, time for the flex. Uh, go to flxatx.com, flxatx on all your social media platforms. Uh, Hoops Daniel. My man, uh, Harge informed me it's a, the new nickname oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, for the the, the for the uh, season for hoop season after football season. Um, he's got you uh, all of your basketball info up there. For he's got the schedule actually for this uh, today's games actually yep, yep. for uh, tonight's slate of games in the area. Also the power rankings uh, for the uh, different. Central Texas teams on the 6A, 5A, 4A level. He's got the rankings there. Uh, also, so you can go check that out. Uh, so my man Snoop is Hoops. Sorry, Hoops Daniel. Hoops Daniel. He's got you taken care of. So go check that out at flxatx.com, flxatx on all of your social media platforms. Also, uh, giving some uh, love to the other sophomores. His uh, super sophomores are still out there, too. You can go check that out um, at flxatx.com. Come. Yeah, there's a lot of good basketball games that are going to be going on, both men and women. Uh, one of the games that I have some special interest in is the game between Georgetown and Hendrickson up in Georgetown. Oh, Georgetown yeah? will be hosting. Um, my son, Michael, graduated from Georgetown High School. Shout out. And my son, DJ, will be going to Hendrickson mm-hmm. High School. So that's going to be a big game. Vandergriff and Round Rock is also going to be a big game. Uh, there's a lot that's out there. And the girls, too, Hendrickson girls and Georgetown girls. Georgetown is one of those schools that has always been in the playoffs and competing for state championships okay. on the female level. So big games all over uh, Austin, Texas. Uh, yeah, and in the power rankings, I even heard uh, Zay talking about this, about Buta Johnson. Yep. Buta Johnson's really good this yeah, they, year. Yeah, they, they broke the streak. Uh, Westlake had 85 district wins in a row. So we saw them lose their, their regular season. I mean, their win streak in football. Yeah. They just had their 85 district game streak snapped by Buta Johnson this past weekend. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and based on these power rankings here for 6A, they got Westlake in the top five. Yep. Westlake number four uh, in their rankings. Uh, Buda Johnson only got number one. San Marcos two. Stony Point at three. You know, Maynard at five. So uh, don't don't mean to disrespect the other no, uh, no. classes. Uh, so uh, go there and check them out and give them some love too. But 5A and 4, he's got all of them. I think Eastview is his uh, top ranked team in 5A. And he's got Hendrickson. Right he's talked about him. it. He's got them number two uh, in his 5A rankings. Uh, Georgetown three. Liberty Hill four. And Rouse at five in his 4A rankings. He's got Maynard New Tech as yep. the top team. Uh, Bernie, number two. Fredericksburg, three. Giddings, four. And Austin Achieve. There He's got the fifth uh, best team in his 4A rankings. Go check it out. Got a lot of great content over there for you at flxatx.com, flxatx on all your social media platforms. Love it. All right, uh, we'll come back. We'll talk about Cowboys getting some reinforcements uh, that could help them get their uh, playoff win versus the Bucks. We'll also talk about the Texans coaching search, also NFL head coaching vacancies all around the NFL. Uh, we'll talk about uh, which ones are the most desirable. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.